بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد we remind the brothers and sisters to maintain the sanctity of the masjid and remain silent in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We also remind you to engage in those words that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa instructed us to engage in during the month of Ramadan, which is Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala poses many questions to us in the Qur'an, especially in the first few verses that were recited. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَمَّنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضُ وَأَنزَلَ لَكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً Who is that being who has created the heavens and the earth and has revealed unto you, sent down unto you water from the heavens. فَأَمَّتْنَا بِهِ حَدَائِقَ ذَاتَ بَهْجَةِ And when that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grows for you lush and beautiful gardens, مَا كَانَ لَكُمْ أَن تُنْبِتُوا شَجَرَهَا you would not be able to if it was not for the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowing things to grow and the water that he sends, you would not be able to let these trees grow. Allah, Is there any deity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? But these are a group of people that equates others with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says, who is the one who has subjugated the earth and made the earth firm for you to be able to walk on? It is stable. وَجَعَلَ خِلَالَهَا أَنْهَارًا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created rivers therein. وَجَعَلَ لَهَا رَوَاسِي And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created upon the earth mountains to stabilize this earth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a barrier between two types of water. أَإِلَاهُمْ مَعَ اللَّهِ Is there anyone who can be worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is there anyone with Allah? Then Allah says, أَمَّا يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرْ إِذَا دَعَاهُ Who is that being? Who is it besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who responds? to the person who is in dire need of assistance, who is calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِذَا دَعَاهُ When he calls unto him, وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ And that being who removes all evil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who responds to our du'as. And this is why we are taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make du'a with conviction that the du'a will be accepted. Keeping in mind the etiquette and adab of du'a, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sending salutation upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then making dua. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam clearly states in a hadith that it is inappropriate for a person to say Allahumma stajibli in shi'at Oh Allah, if, if you want to accept my dua. As this is a statement or it has an undertone of, of disrespect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because that is the type of statement you would make to somebody who, you know, either has the ability or perhaps he doesn't have the ability or you can't persuade him even if he doesn't want to. So, you know, I mean, I, I know you, you don't want to, but if you want to, you can. This is when you tell a friend or you tell somebody who you want to persuade. Rasulullah sallallahu tells us, we do not make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this way. Another thing which Rasulullah sallallahu states in hadith is that Never make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds positively to the dua as long as a person says that Allah didn't accept my dua. People say, no, I made dua, but Allah didn't accept my dua. Sometimes we are so hasty and expect everything to happen instantly. We make a dua and we expect the immediate effect. And 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith that on the day of Qiyamah when a person will see that the, the reward for those du'as which he thought were not accepted in the dunya, he would wish that no du'a was accepted in this world. So we shouldn't hope for instant results, but we should have conviction that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly when is the appropriate time. So if a person says, you know, no, I made du'a, but Allah didn't accept my du'a, then that is the first moment where he has deprived himself of the acceptance of du'a. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us that he is the one who responds. And he responds uh, when he wills. Ibrahim alayhi salam made dua for a Nabi to be born from his progeny. And hundreds of centuries passed, or t- uh, many centuries passed, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi was the manifestation of that particular dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So it's not necessary that when we make a dua, it's going to happen instantly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ مِنْ عَجَلِ this human being, he's been created from haste. As if haste is like an ingredient which was placed in this human being. Everything has to happen instantly. So Rasulullah also tells us that to, be, to, de- to do everything with haste is actually a habit of shaitan. Al-ujlatu min shaitan Wal-anatu min rahman And for a person to be composed and to do, to do things strategically and plan himself, this is a guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ لَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ الْغَيْبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there is no one who has the knowledge of the unseen except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ilmul ghayb means the full knowledge of the unseen in detail. Each and everything which will happen till the day of Qiyamah, each and everything which has happened, each and every hidden thing, this is exclusively the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, they are given knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's not actually ilmul ghayb. The ilmul ghayb which is an attribute of Allah that is exclusive for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in hadith informed us of things which would occur before qiyamah, then that is with the information given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yes, it is unseen uh, from the angle that it is not at this moment present in front of us, it is still to happen, but it's not from the unseen knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in his life also there were certain events when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to wait for revelation before he could understand what the reality of a situation was. We briefly touched on the, the false accusations leveled against the, our beloved mother, mother Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa waited for many weeks for a revelation to come. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed more than 10 verses uh, expressing the, the, the purity and the innocence of Ummul Mu'mineen Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, which means if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had ilmul ghayb, like the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, unlimited, then there was no need for him to be disturbed and to be distressed and to worry about uh, how to uh, solve the problem of the accusation against his wife Aisha radiallahu anha. He would have known that this is uh, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal and this is what had happened. So it is very important for us to understand that there's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes are exclusive, exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is not, he does not share his attributes with any person. He doesn't give his qualities to anyone. So the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala possesses is his quality. The knowledge we have is a creation that Allah created within us to be able to comprehend and perceive and understand things. But it's a creation of Allah. The only resemblance is in the word knowledge. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ilm and we have ilm but there's ishtiraq and there's resemblance only in 
the, the name of that particular quality, the reality of it is totally different. Like all the other attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is Sami' and Basir, He is Qadir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has Qudra, He's got power. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all seeing and He's all hearing. But His sight, it does not require external light. His sight doesn't require a direction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can hear everything. His hearing, the quality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't require a sound or an external body part for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hear. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ In the next surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions many verses of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam when the threat of the babies being executed of the Bani Israel was announced. And his mother feared his safety. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired her to, to put him, place him in a basket and let him go into the river. And that resulted in him coming right in front of the, the palace of Fir'aun. So the person who's, who made the announcement to execute the babies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam to be in the palace of that particular person. This is why the ulama say when we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection or we ask for any ni'mah, we shouldn't place restrictions on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want a particular thing like this. It must just be like this. I must be protected like this. We don't place restrictions. But we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that which is khair, for that which is, which is good, which is called istikhara, which is called istikhara. The sahaba radiallahu anhum say, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us to do istikhara the way he taught us to recite verses of the Qur'an. And istikhara, normally people only ask of istikhara when it's time for marriage. They say, Moana, I'm, you know, I mean to see a girl now. How do I do the istikhara? So two rakats, how many nights must I read the istikhara? So istikhara, in the linguistic meaning of it is talabul khair, to ask for good, to ask Allah for goodness. It's not necessary that it has to only be for marriage. It can be when you're purchasing a car, when you're buying a house, when you choose a watch, you're choosing a shoe, you can make istikhara at that time. And it doesn't mean that you have to make two rakats of salah and sleep. Because if you're in a shop to purchase a car, I mean, obviously, that doesn't make sense. So sometimes you just read the dua of istikhara, that you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in kunta ta'alamu, oh Allah, if you know that it is good for me, for my deen and my dunya, in this particular thing, then allow it to materialize and for me to benefit from it. If not, then give me something better than this. But we turn into Allah. So even if a person has made up his mind, he's not necessarily choosing between two things, right? He's, He's just got one thing in front of him. But he recites istikhara, he doesn't know what's the hidden khair and goodness or what might not be beneficial for him therein. So let's say, for example, he decided to go ahead and purchase that particular thing. But because he recited the dua, the dua, if there is any hidden harm for him, Allah will protect him and perhaps that sale won't go through. Or something will happen, he'll swipe the card and something will happen. And you'll think, hey, I wanted to buy this thing, I read the dua of istikhara, but I didn't get it. But the benefit of istikhara was that through that dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him from the harm which he was unaware of. So istikhara, yes, at the time of marriage, mashallah, you can do it, no problem. And it's not necessary that you have to see a dream either. Otherwise, people say, I made istikhara and I, well, I didn't see any dreams. I dreamt of food and I dreamt of fruit and I dreamt of everything else. So uh, it's not necessary that you will see a dream. There might even be an inclination. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put khair in the decision that you make. And the khair, Allah knows what the khair is. Getting that thing is not necessarily the khair. Perhaps not getting it will be the khair from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah shows us that the system that he, when Allah wants to protect someone, it's not necessary that there has to come a whole army of malaika or there's going to be a whole army of, of individuals to defend the person. Yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us he protected Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam by sending him into the palace of Fir'aun. The one who threatened to kill everybody, Allah made him look after Musa alayhi salam. 
when Allah wanted to protect his beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he allowed the Quraysh to come to the cave where he was in the, in the days of Hijrah. He allowed them, if Allah wanted, the Burak could have come and taken him to Medina. But he allowed them to come to such an extent that Sayyidina Abu Bakr could see their feet. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, if, if that man looks at his feet, he will see us. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, Ya Aba Bakrin, ma dhannuka bithnaini allahu thalithuhuma. What do you think about those two people? The third is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us that which he calls the weakest and the most feeble home in the Quran. It was recited also, Inna awhan al-buyut, labaytul ankabut. The most feeble of homes is the web of a spider. Allah used that to protect his beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There could have been some other great creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah shows us that he is not in need of his creation. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to protect, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can allow them to come and still protect Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and deprive them of the ability to see him. So all these verses indicate to us that how we should place our reliance and trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should make a habit of making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And dua, mukhul ibadah, it is the essence of all ibadah. Dua comes from the heart. And we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all times through dua. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who turn to him only at the time of need. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are mustajabu da'wat. Mustajabu da'wat are the ones whose duas are readily accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين